0: And welcome to the 10k k month podcast for online coaches with me, Afro Dritu. If you're new to this, you're probably thinking, who the hell is this guy? Having been in the coaching game since 2016, I know the ups and downs of having zero clients and struggling in the beginning to serving over 80 to 90 clients on a regular basis in my previous coaching business. I've won several awards, such as Entrepreneur of the Year at the SME Awards 2020 featured in various publications such as NatWest Business Builder Program, as well as being a NatWest Business Accelerator alumni member. And now I serve and teach online coaches who want to acquire high ticket clients using my unique client acquisition system. So strap yourself in and listen now on how you can grow and scale your coaching business. Now I want to share with this new addition to the show. So you may previously know as Expert Weekly, and it still continues to call, be called Expert Weekly. My guests are going to be focused mainly in the area of coaching. So my first guest, I'm so happy to have him on, is Darren Tebenham. He was my first ever business coach. So when I first started out in business in 2016, this is the guy who really helped me out, put me on the straight and narrow, gave me some really good advice, tips, strategy, Etc. On and how to grow my coaching business. So I'm so excited to have him on the show. And he's gonna be the first guest of the new addition to the 10K a month podcast. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just to note as well, there are some interruptions. The reason why is because essentially we got our new Vodafone, Wi-Fi, you know, the quick speed, whatever it's called again, giga fast, I think it is. And it wasn't, it was giga slow that day. So fortunately it has four times it does cut out, but there's so much gold in this, it's worth sticking through to the end. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I'll catch you guys later. And uh, Welcome to Expert Weekly, part of the Afro Duty podcast. I'm your host of the show, as you know, and every week we have an expert guest in the show. And this week is no different. So this week's guest is Darren Tebbenham. He is both a trainer and of trainer and trainers, as well as a fitness consultant, confidence coach for the past 20 years. He's built his fitness school from zero students in 2005. To turn over more than 10 million by 2016. He's coached numerous personal trainers to grow their businesses, run business retreats overseas, and has a footprint in the Middle East and the Maldives. He's now partnered with Alison Gumgay. Is that how I pronounce it? Going <laughs> growing, growing a national brand inside apologies. Of the online space, helping women over 40s get the confidence back. Darren uh, runs a culture education program for personal trainers too, teaching them. How to create coaching systems for their clients, and has been supported the notion of coaching for more than 25 years. So welcome to the show, Darren.
1: Thanks, Afro. It's good to be here. It is good. Now
0: I've got to share a little story because some of the viewers will know this if they're regular listeners that you were my first ever coach, Darren. And oh, Afro! I know those days. Yes, it was those days. Fond memories. Fond memories. (laughs) 2016, me and Farah enlisted, if you like, on this. So we. Initially what happened was we were, I was in Debenhams store and I got just frustrated of working Debenhams. And I remember getting a pair of jeans, got this thing called Expert, Expert, we had a thing called, um, someone would come into your store and like, look at your displays and make sure they're perfect, called cool, Perfect Day, that was it. Everything had to be in line and perfect for the Levi's department. Otherwise they were going to essentially pull out of all Debenhams stores. And I remember folding the jeans, I was like, I remember saying these words: this is bullshit. And I threw the jeans on the table, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I walked up to Farah and said, do you want to do this thing we were talking about? She was talking about personal training. I said, yes. Yeah. So then I did some research and Guy um, Gillingham, if you remember him, way back yep. when. Yeah. So he he pointed me in your direction. I was like, okay. So I checked it out and I was like, okay, this is an actual proper course and business coaching. I was like, okay, I'm in. So I put four grand down, which is half the, the amount I think at the time. Um, and then I said to Farah, we've done it. And she's like, what? Yeah, signed us up. She's like, okay I don't know that's serious as I am and then obviously the, yeah. the rest is history you, but I remember it so clearly
1: embrace the notion ready fire aim it's good yeah it was, ready yeah. fire aim and I remember on course because you were going to ease yourself out of Debenham yeah. ease <laughs> yourself into a new career and you managed to resign on course
0: it's good yes yeah I did you literally you said I remember I still remember that in the kitchen I said to you, Darren I'm, uh, yeah like you said I've been messaging beforehand saying how quickly can you make 30 grand or whatever it was and I remember, you, you do I think you gave like one-word answers. But in the kitchen, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna hand my notice in when I get back when things pick up." You're like, he you literally said to me, if you if you're going to do it, you'd have done it already." And I was like, "Damn it, he's right." So then I, I ran tell off cr- and quickly cr- yeah. did it. Then <laughs> I was like, I've done it. Oh God, yeah. So thank you. It's been amazing the journey, especially in the beginning. To be honest, and I I really wanted to get that the not just the personal training in the gym, which I will get into in a minute because I think a lot of personal trainers when I start off tend to be a bit unsure and stable and they will go to a gym for comfort to think, okay, I'll, I'll get some clients this way and then slowly expand out. And I, I think that's a big, mis- I think it's a mistake because you don't really own a business, you're just going to another job. What are your thoughts around that and the, to begin with? and well,
1: what? Yeah, I'm, I think um, not just within fitness, probably in many, many professions, yeah. uh, gone are the days where you can sell all, Uh, information. Gone are the days where um, you can uh, meet people face-to-face easily and walk them through whatever program. So I think with the nature of one, um, people today must go online and utilize the internet or I think you'll probably die. Uh, Amazon, of course, have done that rather well. Um, And coupled with the fact that um, trading time for money, to to actually um, only ever be able to help someone by being face-to-face present with them is short-sighted and i think with coaching you have the opportunity to both use the online space and engage with people in a much more time efficient manner than um, has gone before
0: yeah i totally agree and i think well how's that being for you then so obviously march last year it all kicked off so what was your first instinct of like with your business because you you're still running the school then at that time yeah so so,
1: so eif um went online so we've had to use zoom uh, for the practical training with, yeah. with having zero chance of, of doing face-to-face, um, which has done two things. One, one it's uh, pushed us to actually drive uh, the zigzag movement forwards because that is an online business. Yeah. Um, so that's been a, a benefit of, of having to shuffle and and move things. Um, but the other thing, of course, is it's, it's pushed um, the coaching arm because when you yeah. have to teach people becoming personal trainers on Zoom, uh, you have to replace the tactile training that you'd have in a physical gym um, with something else and that's something else that we've driven is to actually understand and help those students understand there's not much value in um, making sure someone's bum is pushed back and <laughs> make sure that ne- ne- uh, knees don't go over the toes and lift the head up because they are so simple things to teach yeah. um, but what it gives you the space to teach is um, what are you going to do to influence what they do between workouts? And I think that's not just about fitness. You know, fitness is where I started. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I wasn't really actually before fitness, <laughs> so of course, was kind the rehab and you know stuff before personal training. But um, I think that's with any, any any profession. I think there's coaches, consultants out there as well. Um, you know, have to utilising idea whatever yeah. earth coaching means.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. How did you get into it then? Because when you're a lecturer, was it Manchester? I Remember correctly? Yeah. Or? yeah so,
1: so no Liverpool so Liverpool, yeah. I, I I graduated I, I did a master's degree uh, and then I somehow fluked a role at Liverpool University um, <laughs> as a lecturer um, and I had to work very hard because I was the youngest by you know 20 we're years.
0: back cool so Good. we're ending on with discussing around your journey into from being a what did you call the name was it a cult? a you mentioned but- sorry
1: So I called it motivational counselling. That was it. it, it, Motivational counselling. So Roland Camilla's approach. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was it. And then into obviously the, the lecturing piece. And then how did you fall into personal training? Then is it just an extension of what you're doing, almost?
1: No. So so I was I was uh, fortunate in my position. I had a day release uh, on Fridays to do research. So I was a full time lecturer, um, and I was invited to go down to. to kent and uh la fitness at the time had a, oh, yeah. a part called la pt and it was where they trained trainer of trainers and i was invited to teach on that uh, and sit in just to see what it was all about and i'd never thought really about personal training particularly yeah but seeing a whole bunch of personal trainers uh, go through training in, in, in it was in a good way uh, and then to be involved in helping them to see beyond just the physical training of their clients um that was my first introduction and it, it was nice um I think in my lecturing days, even though it's for three years, uh, I couldn't see where sports science graduates could go. So yeah. it was the first time I saw, well, that's a real thing. People are actually getting money for doing this personal training thing. Um, and therefore, when I eventually left, I ended up quitting my PhD. I, I left Liverpool University, uh, and, I, and I went to become a personal trainer because it struck yeah. me that I needed to sort of understand the profession by doing it. Yeah. Um, and then that's how then I ended up in Australia. I spent three years working in Australia, uh, in a very vibrant area uh, where personal training um, was, was very in the high demand. Uh, and that's when that gave me an inspiration to, to to open a PT school.
0: Yeah. Is that school that's still so it's running online now isn't it? As you just mentioned. So w- yeah. what what do you think of the state of coaching then in general? So versus when you first started to now have you seen like a, a massive change or shift? Because 25 years doing anything you'll you'll see some trends and some changes. Yeah, One so.
1: what, what, what of the reasons why um, Alison and I are doing what we're doing, and, and yeah. I love working. With Alice and I've worked with Alison for what six years, um, in, in in different ways. Um, is uh, she gets coaching, um, yeah. and I've always had this itch, which is uh, I think coaching's done really badly. Yeah. So 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 I don't think it's done well. I think it has great power, but I don't think people are very good at it. I don't think it's very well understood, and I think today people are using the term very poorly, and what that they don't mean coaching because coaching and consultation. Or consultancy are two different things coaching and personal training are two different things
0: yeah.
1: um so the opportunity for us to go and actually do it firsthand and do it in in, in, our, in our opinion better than anyone else in the world yeah um it's been very very exciting to actually create a, a strong model uh, and to actually just do it and we're going to do it for some time to match to create you know some, some some huge change in the world yeah um and i think you know that's what's needed because uh, just training other people to do it and not seeing it done across, you know, even the UK, well enough on en mass has always been frustrating. Because you know, I want to see in in the health and well-being arena, yeah. coaching being the dominant thing, and it's not. Yeah. Um, and and hence that's that's why we've we've been driving that, and it's very exciting.
0: Yeah, because far one of Farah's biggest frustrations is like they don't. If you go to a doctor, they don't recommend any of the things like you would teach. They only recommend here's some pills, here's some medication. That's Farah's experience of it after suffering from postnatal depression there was there seemed like no other way other than to take the medication or to and they would recommend maybe you know lose some weight and do some that was it exercise here's a, here's a leaflet so there was nothing additional to that
1: no, absolutely and, yeah. and you know things are changing i mean motivated interviewing and, and coaching you know does exist within the medical fraternity somewhat it's just on such a small level it's not yeah. likely that many people will come up come across it um but I mean, one of my heroes, Stephen Covey, he, he passed obviously several years ago. Yeah. He always talked about a paradigm shift when you want to create, you know, that kind of change in the world. And that's what's needed because doctors and medics and anyone in it that's been trained more traditionally comes from a medical model. So they're taught to diagnose yeah. and then to uh, prescribe. And therefore, the assumption is that the person that's getting fixed is therefore broken and therefore the diagnosis is to fix the problem. And that's a disempowering model. Whereas a coaching model, of course, is where you don't assume a person is broken in the first place but lost. You yeah. don't assume that they are incapable and need your uh, resources. You assume that they're perfectly capable to, to to find and discover their own resources and you empower and support the process. But, of course, that's such a paradigm shift for a doctor or a medical person. It's, yeah. it's never going to work in, 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 that, in that system. And hence, coaches need to step up en masse um, or coaching needs to be more prominent. Uh, and it, it's not likely going to work in with a medical model. It needs to be separate, so mm. that people can opt in a, in, a, in a private practice way uh, and engage with someone who is a professional coach or a a, a, a capable coach. Um, what well, professionalism is a different word to, to use separately, but a capable coach <laughs> yeah. um, to, to to create change um, or a coaching model. Um, it doesn't always have to be one-on-one coaching. That 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 is still a small scale way of looking at a coach that one can create a coaching system and a self-help book yeah. is a primitive coaching system because some people can get tremendous amount out of a self-help book. It's just many people don't, but that is the most primitive level. And one up from a self-help book is actually having some guidance. So yeah. someone having tools and resources and having someone guide them through it. And one step up from that is group coaching. And one step yeah. up from that is one-on-one coaching, yeah. but you don't, it doesn't have to be one-on-one coaching to be able to coach. Of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's a, a mistake most people make is they go straight to the one-on-one model because, Obviously, when I was uh, being taught by yourself, the group coaching thing was, I think it felt like it was early stages at that point in time, 2016, to me. And now it's the models become more and more popular.
1: Yeah, so, so I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think there's logic in, in, in refining your skills as a one-on-one professional because you have to be highly technically skilled, I think, yeah. to, to, to engage in either group coaching or somewhat automated coaching. So I think it would be dangerous to say, have someone that's, doesn't really understand coaching, hasn't got any experience in you know, coaching to suddenly then have, have groups of people and having some of that automated because I don't think you'd know what's being automated. So I think mm-hmm. the reality is there needs to be a high skill level to then go into that area. Um, so I think that's, that's the likely people would, 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 would go in. Um, that said, you know some of the things that, that we have, I see going on now are people jumping a bit more straight into that, that more coaching-orientated way. And what, yeah. The thing is, what do you mean by coaching? Yeah, uh, you yeah. coach. So, you know, so what, what the hell's coaching?
0: Yeah, well, what is it? What's your definition of it then?
1: Um, I don't really have a definition of yeah. it. Um, a concept I think is is more powerful, which is it's the idea that um, you provide uh, a path and some guidance yeah. and you facilitate the process for someone who's lost and not experiencing a certain result to actually discover their inner strength to be uh, to have access to some tools to be able to go and get um, somewhat independent the result that they desire so i think mm. I, how i see coaching is it's a facilitator of change it's a a guide and a mechanism whether that's one on coaching or what you create as a, as a coaching method to enable people to be self-committed and self-motivated to achieve results that otherwise they're not been able to achieve
0: mm. Oh, good defin- good concept. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so, what, <laughs> so what do you think? Because I remember you saying the world needs more cultures. Um, When we were at the retreat in La Herodora, in that beautiful, was it like a mansion type place or something? Yeah. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but I remember being there and thinking, that's a great line. Like the world needs more leaders. And we did exercise on that. So why do you think that is? I think people are lost to the help, support with a world that's you know, the way it is now. So what is, your, what is the, the premise around that and the idea?
1: Yeah, I think uh, there's several things that have changed in the world, which means we knew we need new things that we didn't need maybe 30 years ago. And what are those things? One is we have a um, buy now, pay later mentality that was created through credit cards, through the fitness industry, through the diet industry, Mm. um, and through Amazon, which is if you want something, you can have it immediately. And um, I think that... um, creates um the wrong mindset uh, in terms of creating in, in terms of what's needed for, for personal growth and and to create long-lasting true results in one's life mm. because in the real world away from those things um we have to work hard we have to discipline we have to delay gratification and we have to um see the process as being greater than, than the outcome or, or the reward at the end. Yeah. So I think people have lost that. I think today as well, people are so busy. I think they're hit with so many bits of information every single second from, from Facebook, from podcasts, uh, <laughs> from emails, from God knows how many sources of social media. I'm not even familiar with most of them. Yeah. Um, so I think people's brains are fried. Yeah. Um, and, I, and therefore, I think there's, there's less space free than there's ever been to actually be yourself and to actually figure out who you are, what you actually want, um, and what's stopping in your way. Uh, and therefore more than ever, people need a coach to help someone to create some free time, some free space to actually work through who they are, what they want, where they're going, what stands in the way, what they need to do to be able to smash through it or get, get around it. So I think that's one of the reasons why people need a coach because the world's become faster. Um, people have been more more demanding as to what they want and how quickly they want it. um, uh, and, and as a consequence, um, I think a lot of people feel lost and not as um, n- not self-actualized as Maslow's model yeah. would say. They don't feel they know who they are and what they're about. Yeah, and of- school doesn't help also um, oh. because schools teach. Yeah. Um, the purpose of school is to get good grades, to get to the next level, which require good grades, to eventually get a job, um, to be able to eventually retire and die happy. <laughs>
0: So well put. I have the same exact view because it's just almost churning out people, isn't it? The systems are just like, exactly, it's the same as you mentioned about the the, um, medical world, similar kind of concept, I think. In my head, it all has to almost collapse before it can be rebuilt because it's just too, there's too many moving mechanisms and it's too complicated to warrant a small change to make a big effect. It has to almost like crumble. And I think, with COVID that's probably shaken up some of the education system a little bit, but I don't know what are you, what are your thoughts with that? So you know, are not going to say something?
1: <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. COVID, um, there's there certainly a lot of holes have appeared yeah. that were probably always there. Um, that is now more obvious. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's been a year of this horrible pandemic. Um, and we've still got children across the country. got no idea if they're doing exams or not. Um, you know, what an opportunity to create something masterful in online education yeah. instead of this traditional idea that it requires a teacher in a classroom, everybody to shut up and listen and makes notes and revise in between lessons. So, like, yeah. it's archaic. Um yeah. And what an opportunity lost because nothing's really changed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that because I listen to a guy called uh, Chris Dole of the Future. He's an American uh, chap. And he talks about the education system quite a lot. Um, he's a creative entrepreneur. Obviously, in that space is, loads of different education systems and processes. But he says like the formal education system, like you said, is very broken in a sense. And he actually puts his own kids in private school for that reason, because it's almost like you like you said, just sitting there just to listen, to churn out answers and that's it. And my school experience was exactly like that. I went to school, I struggled a little bit in some of the subjects like English, and I would try and do the exam and I'll just essentially flunk it. And then it'd be like, okay, done and then leave. And that's it. There was, there was, and it felt like that had to be the process almost. And and you're right. There is a massive opportunity that hopefully some of the online education spaces are taking a little bit of that. But you are right. It's still archaic. But do you think some of it is due to parents being at work and then the kids need to just be somewhere because it's been like that? Obviously, you do homeschooling as well, and it feels a bit like that.
1: Um. Ah. Oh, I think. Um. I think there's there's not a lot of point in in, in looking at blame too much um, okay. the education system's not going to get itself sorted out any time soon uh, parenting um, i I think yes there's more single parent families than before um, there's um, there's more uh, both parents working uh, and there's less time to spend with their children um, And whose responsibility is it? Well, it's co-responsibility, but whose shoulders is it going to to rest on? But Mm. the reality is, whatever the reason, there's a whole bunch of people um, that are in the workplace that haven't had what they probably needed to be great employees, uh, certainly not to be entrepreneurs. So it's employers and it's opportunities from from business owners. The reality is they're going to have to take the strain. Mm. And Simon Sinek says all of that really, really well, that like it or not, employers and business owners... Um, the onus is on, on us to provide opportunities and provide support and, and you know coaching to bring out the best in people because, you know, the reality is, of course, you know, 50 years ago, what would people need be needed to do after they finish school? Operate machines, yeah. um, go down mines, farm. Um, so, you know, not necessarily use their brains, but actually use their brawn to be able to follow instructions and, and do their job and go home. Today, well, those jobs don't exist. Mm. You know, so... so if, if the workplace has changed, so education needs to change. and needs to change to prepare people for what they're actually going to have to do now when they enter the real world.
0: Yeah. So how, what would you do then if you were in charge of it all? And don't say retire um, or leave.
1: <laughs> so in a nutshell, I, I would focus more emphasis on learning rather than testing. Yeah. Um, and more emphasis on personal growth rather than maths and bloody English. Um, and see that the purpose of school is actually to create uh, useful, effective, um, complete adults, mm. um, not grades to get to the next level of life. So I think I would I would want to shift the philosophy, which would be pretty pretty impossible, but that that's what I want to do. And yeah. um, there are countries like Sweden, and there are countries on the world that have done a really good job of doing that, where they don't have homework, they don't have the same sort of pressure on exams as that we have, and they have short days, and they have better results yeah. at top of the table. So, it it clearly is possible, um, but we're so locked into our administration uh, bottlenecks in the UK, and and it's not just in the education NHS as well. I mean, the whole pandemic has flagged that as well. We, you know, there's doctors dying to come and help to administer vaccines, and they've got twenty forms to complete before you know, they can get to be able to jab someone. I mean, how yeah. hard can that be? Um, of course there is some skill in it and it has to be done right but these are these are retired doctors I, yeah. I, I, i'm sure they'll be all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and, it, and it's just we lock ourselves up in such crazy networks of administration and bureaucracy and that doesn't help
0: yeah that drags the whole thing down doesn't it it slows the whole process down as well
1: and yeah. and hence those people need coaching i need yeah. coaching i yeah. have a coach they need coaches you have a coach i assume yeah um, you have several coaches yeah and you coach people so yeah. that is that back to the where they started you know In a world that's going 100 miles an hour that's full of challenges, what does a coach do? A coach enables someone else to be able to perform better um, and have someone to touch base with to um, develop that mental and physical strength they need to succeed in whatever it is they're doing.
0: Yeah, great, great analogy. And then, what would you have you heard of um, the contrapreneur formula and a guy Mm. called Mike Winnet? I have interest. Huh? No. No, okay, cool. Just wondered. Because um, this whole thing about coaches, coaching coaches, coaching coaches type thing. And for a minute, and a while, I was a bit like, yeah, that does seem weird. But then like after a period, I had a bit of a shaky, wobbly bit. I was like, yeah, that seems weird. But now I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense. And obviously you just reaffirm that. So do you think it's, everybody needs a coach essentially at some point or some level?
1: Um, well, they need a coach. Probably need coaching. So yeah. okay. they need to have, if they want to fulfil their potential, like not everybody does. Yeah.
0: So,
1: so, so, so those people <laughs> that, um, have no ambition to to necessarily improve themselves terribly, or um, that they don't necessarily need one. Um, yeah. But if you you know, want to accelerate the process of um, getting a result that's important to you, and you pick the right one or the right coaching method, um, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of people can benefit from, from that. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I like, like i said before though the, the challenge is how do you know what a good one is and in my experience there's not as many as we think
0: yeah how do you what do you do due diligence i'm assuming that would be the first part of call really but how, how would you then work out who, who is a good coach for you for example or how would you recommend someone going finding a coach then is that kind of best practice yeah, around
1: so, that? So, so, so i think in, um, in the absence of any robust qualifications and any trust in Registration systems, not just in coaching and fitness, nothing else. We're probably going to have no choice than to um, get to know a coach through their work. So hearing them speak on podcasts or on uh, videos that, that they make and lives they're doing in a Facebook group. So getting to know uh, different options that, that you're considering. Uh, look at their success stories, their their, their past evidence that that they've done a good job with other people. And the extent to which their philosophy, and I think it's Mm. engaging with a philosophy. A a good coach would share their philosophy more than just their results. Because when you share your why, um, you attract other people that are attracted to your why. So if you've got a coach who's sharing that and it and it and it aligns with, you know, what you're after and, and how you think, um, it's likely to be a decent match and most coaches will offer some kind of complimentary strategy call or free opportunity to get to know them. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you go for it. And if it feels right, um, you know, you, you invest. Um, not all investments are going to pay off. That's just the reality of the world. Yeah. Um, and it's been open to that.
0: Yeah, that's true, definitely. And yeah, not being afraid to invest, like you said, is a massive piece, I think, because once people get burnt once, they're like, oh, i not doing it again. But actually, it's a great point. You need to pick yourself up and go, okay, that didn't work well, but what did you learn from that and how do I move forward from that? ultimately, if you want to get something, you have to change something. can the yeah, same exactly. Old thing.
1: Exactly, yeah. and that's obviously EPR cycles, though, which you know really well. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. shit happens. <laughs> but it's how you. It's how you it says respond, now. It? You changed it.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> you know it. Events, yeah.
1: response, outcomes. So yeah, yeah, outcomes. You know, the, 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 you, when you want to change your outcomes, you've got to change the way you respond to stuff that happens to you, those events. And yeah. That's the way the world.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it, it, it's so fascinating, like, because before I got into any self development, I had a period of time of, like, probably from school till about pretty much 2016. I didn't do any reading, nothing at all. And now, in the last five years, I've read so many books and podcasts and self development, et cetera. It almost sort of like the matrix. Like, once you see it, you start to see the zeros and ones of what the world's really like. And, and one of the key things that, that always resonates with me is like the, the media and the news. So I don't watch much news because it's all most of it's depressing and sad and blah blah blah. But most people just follow the herd and and don't realize, and they walk around mindlessly. And and I think it was, um, there's a study that shows that forty percent of human behavior is probably more than that. It's just automatic. So people don't even know they're doing half these things. So that always fascinates with people, and I like to observe and to see you know, people are fascinating, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's no,
1: but absolutely. Human behavior is is fascinating, and yeah, yeah I've read the books. Um, I've read a lot over my time. I, I probably read a lot less now. Uh, I'm mm. rereading books right now. We, we we've got two books you know, that that um, we're both reading, and they're ones that I've already read. Um, yeah. So it's actually just because they're all the same. I figured out all books are all the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> you do um, don't you? Yeah. And once you, once you've read like a certain amount, you can read read another amount of of new books, and it says the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it is just trying to join the dots. Um, and you know, I, I'm more interested in, in um, probably writing my own um, yeah. and, and just trying to, yeah. you know, knowledge is not power. Um, it, it's what you do with it. So, so yeah. it is that ability to, to take from whatever you read or whatever you glean from, whatever source, and applying it. Uh, and that's what, obviously, wisdom is all about. Are yeah.
0: you writing a book, then?
1: Well, I always say that. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should, when, when I've got time.
0: Oh, the great excuse uh, yeah. what would your book be about I've got a great
1: desire, that's the reality isn't it so yeah. I don't have a sufficient desire to actually do it yeah that's fine yeah that's
0: just true it's not one of your highest values is it to go write a book Thought you would have done it by now no. yeah makes sense so, so what are the top three books then you'd recommend then if you're new to coaching Cause...
1: well you've heard me talk about it before probably um, Motivation Into Things to so any of Steve and and Bill Miller's books because um, that's the basic philosophy that I, I sing from. So I think that's a particularly strong start. Yeah. Uh, the prosperous coach, yeah, uh, by Chandler Lipin. Um, and then, um, another coaching book, um, uh, probably who, uh, who moved, who moved, who moved my cheese.
0: Is it? <laughs> my mom loves that book. I don't, she keeps um, banging on about it. I've not read it yet, but I know the concept and idea,
1: but yeah, just, um, I think that, that'd be a good start. Um, yeah
0: cool yeah and then um talk to about what's been your like your highest high then, your lowest low then in your journey of coaching so have you had times where you thought oh god what am i doing because it must have been in that time period when you started maybe and you're like no one's buying xyz i don't know so have you what's your highest we'll start with a low and then go with the highest high on that journey
1: so, so low, low in what in what context
0: um, in terms of business do you want to take it from that angle so um
1: Probably It's not particularly a massive low, but um, making efforts to uh, really get that coaching thing sold and out there en masse and having a constant headache of reluctance, especially from personal trainers, to necessarily embrace it as fast or as much as I'd like um, to either get confused with it, to reject it, or just not be open-minded to it. Mm. Um, So just having, you know, that frustration probably when push comes to shove still, yeah, but what exercise am I going to learn? Um, you know, what kind of what kind of um, ideas are you going to give us for nutrition so that we can just, you know, sell some meal plans yeah. um, and the reluctance to actually listen diligently to, am not going to give you like a whole heap of meal plans to give your clients, it's going to teach you how to actually shape people's behaviors um, in nutrition. Yeah. just doesn't go down well. So you're constantly having to sell what people want and then try to deliver what they need, which yeah. is just the way often you have to do things. Um, but that that's frustrating, because there's a whole heap of coaching stuff that I wanted to probably sell in the past that just hasn't gone very well. Yeah. Uh, and often sometimes I have to just I've given up on it. Yeah.
0: Is it, is it is that people in general, do you think?
1: Um, I, 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 I think... Great point you made. Um. I, I think there's, there's there's now bad rap in coaching as well. I, I think it's because people are using the word coach poorly and, and in a very different context. So there's, there's there crossfitters, for example. Um, <laughs> we, we, we you had about. to get it in there, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Well, they're all called coaches. You know, my, my, you know, you're going to coach with some technique, and of course, well, if you take coach in the context of technique and 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 thrashing someone in a gym as I'm coaching them. Yeah. then obviously that's not going to fit with how I see coaching, which yeah. is what I just guide us up So maybe it's the wrong word. And, it, and it's just like, it's just lost any power.
0: Yeah. It's a fair point. I think over time, a lot of words do get, especially now because of the social media aspect, you can like put up I'm an on the influencer and your bio and that's it. Oh, entrepreneur is another word as well. When I started, I didn't, I didn't even know that word existed. Now it's everywhere now. And it's similar to the word to coach where it's lost its meaning. What is an entrepreneur?
1: But you can't
0: spell it. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while to get to grips with it. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with that. The words do lose their meaning because people can just attach themselves to it quite quickly without any yeah. credentials, any um, evidence, any you know, learning or development. You can, I could literally whack out a bio now on Instagram and I'm wherever I wanna be because it's such a low barrier to entry. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so, what what's your view on social media? Has it changed over the years? Yeah, yeah, because
1: um, it's got the it's the wrong name, social media, ah, because okay. um, the reality is it, it, it's marketing media. So, uh, so, so, yeah. uh, it, it's 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 a sales platform. Um, that's how I see it. I've got no interest of being social. Um, um, who in the right mind would try and be social on on a, on, a, on a digital platform? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I think what it's done is it has made the world a lot smaller and it does provide us a a mechanism to communicate um, one's business and one's um, um, ideas to others in 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 an effective way, uh, quite a costly way nowadays, but nevertheless cheaper than print media. So I see that social media has has obviously a role in business, has a role in coaching, um, is it is it particularly social? Is it quite damaging? Yeah, there's definitely some pros and cons of social media. Um, I I didn't touch it with a barge pole for a long, long time, as you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I use it solely to advertise. With um, you won't see me yeah. sort of like posting on social media. I've Had a bad day, or um, I know something's gone wrong in my life, um, or even showing my birthday. Yeah. Um because there's people put a bit closer than me than, than than that can reach quicker through a phone call or you know, reaching out and, yeah. and, and, and touching them in real life. Um but I will use it for, for marketing, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense, doesn't it? So are you primarily marketing on uh, Facebook then? Or what, what are you marketing yeah. now actually? Is it Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Exclusively. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. And that and is it what's what's the program now you're running then with um Allison? What does that look like? The structure and format of it?
1: So it, we run a 20-week program, uh, obviously for women only, uh, to go through a process um, to change both their, their their outside world, their weight and how they feel themselves, and their inside world, which is um, who they are, their identity. Mm-hmm. So we help them to shift how they see themselves and who they see themselves as in parallel with, uh, obviously, following the right nutrition and exercise plan. To lose weight, so that at the end of the program, they not only lose weight, of course, but they've also shifted how they see themselves and who they see themselves as, mm. so that they never put it back on again.
0: Mm, makes sense. Yeah. That's the next, yeah. yeah. Why? Why 20 weeks? That's a, a, a funny number. I've never seen a 20-week course or program.
1: Yeah. So we worked out how long, given what's in it. There's five modules, for example, and each module is a set duration for a particular reason yeah. to. To, to do the, 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 mind, the, the mind work, which, which has to go on with affirmations, with um, sharing different lives that they have to do. And it worked out to be 20 weeks. So okay. why 20 weeks? Not a marketing reason. Okay. Um, but that's how long it takes to get the result.
0: Cool. Fair enough. <laughs> Makes sense. And then, so <laughs> if you're a coach who's just starting out now, we'll put coach and personal training in yeah. two separate categories because we've kind of established that. So, if you're a personal trainer, uh, are, we meaning,
1: are we meaning more of a lifestyle sort of coach, or do you mean just a generic coach? Uh,
0: great point. Let's go more with a coach in the health space. Okay. Yeah, that's more specific, and then a personal trainer. So, if you're if you're starting out today, what advice would you give them? As a, we'll start with a personal trainer.
1: So, someone's already a qualified personal trainer. Yeah, mean?
0: just got qualified. What do I do, Darren? Help me out.
1: Okay, so probably um, go and experience some coaching if you possibly can, um, even if it's just a few sessions with, um, with with a coach of some kind. Um, if you can't find a coach or, or you don't want to do that, then engage in in, in some taster coaching course. Um, as you know, because you've probably done it with the okay. Coaching Academy, I've always said just go and do a free two-year course. Um, you can go and do a, a college course. You can go and do, I did my first um Sort of coach counselling courses at college. So I this was years and years ago. I did a level. Here we go. I'll
0: be <laughs> Part <back>. three. <laughs> we'll have to segment this section. Cool. Yeah. So talk to me about you up to with the high ticket you mentioned about.
1: That's a high ticket. Yeah. It, it, it was more the the, the feeling. So for yeah. for us to work together to create um, an amazing product uh, to put it out there and and to quickly sell you know quite expensive programs and and, and sell ten within sort of a two week period you know was. Over the Christmas period as well w- was a high because it was um, very telling that yeah this is something really amazing that 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 people you know want to buy.
0: Yeah, awesome, love that. And then how how did you fill it then? So was it just email campaigns, Facebook ads? What was the process to get to that so, point? Because there's a lot of people selling so high ticket com- now. But I, so I've-
1: a combination of, of fa- Facebook ads. We, we created a you know a funnel, yeah. so so a, a, a system. <laughs> for people to um, first of all, engage with us and being intrigued enough to want to know more second to have some evidence and some um, expression from us as to, as to the philosophy and and the concept shift that they need to embrace and then a sales call. So we actually ran, I think we only delivered probably 14 calls and made 10 sales. Mm, Um, the first 14 sort of calls we made. So, so, um, yeah, that was a high, that that, that, that was, that was a buzz for sure.
0: Makes total sense. Um, so why high-ticket then? Because we, we've... farrah going down the high-ticket route and so have I. And I think it, for me and us, it's just... It's a better model if you can serve people at a higher level. So why did you decide to go down that route for yourself?
1: Um, so different mentors, different things I've picked up. Um, if, um, if you want to hit the masses with a low-ticket offer, and we do, yeah. um, you have to first establish yourself as being a leader, the leader in your field. So if you want to be Ferrari um yeah for sure you can actually have a racing car that goes around a track faster than any other if you want to be mercedes and you have a mercedes engine in front in f1 cars um it enables you to be able to then put a similar mercedes engine in normal regular hatchbacks and you'll be able to set it to the masses because you have a reputation for being simply the best engine that there is so um i think um it's important to have a high ticket offer yeah. because it is the best possible way to establish yourself, first of all, as the authority in your niche area in which you you master, um, and it will empower you in the end to be able to offer lower ticket offers because people are accessing clearly an expert or a proven model at, at a much lower level, um, which 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 is smart. Mm. Um, also, of course, it's again high ticket doesn't mean high profit. That in order to be able to spend the money on. Facebook ads, which can be quite expensive, in order to be able to hire staff, in order to be able to mm-hmm. put in systems to be able to, to grow effectively, one has to not be delivering and not has to be doing everything. So you have to have a sufficient profit margin. And I think the fallacy that we've got for personal training and for standard coaching is, well, if you go, I don't know, the average age is £40 an hour, Yeah. well, that, that, is, that, you know, that assumes your time is worth £10 because it's going to cost you £30 for all the other bit you've got to do to deliver.
0: I didn't catch that last bit. So you talk about £20 an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, what, so, so you got to sell it <laughs> significantly higher to counter the fact that you obviously have costs, and if you yeah. if you don't embrace that, um, you'll never grow. So so you, you need to do that for growth.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think the way I learned was the opposite round initially, not for you, but through another method that said Let's start low and go high, and it's like it's just a pain. It's like an uphill struggle that way around It's just too hard. Well, it, again, <laughs> it's it's just, it, I
1: don't think it's it's not hard. It's it, the concept. Lord. Every
0: time I read or listen to once that like if you someone recommends a book three times you gotta get it.
1: <laughs> well, that was um. my first real po- proper proper coaching I had experience with. So I read uh, the E Myth probably five times, yeah. um, and it, and it, it was, that was a fail bit. And then within the E Myth is the call to action, which is to hire an E Myth coach, um, which was something like 15 grand back in whatever it was. Yeah. So it wasn't wasn't cheap um, over over every year, once a month sort of, or twice a month sort of coaching calls. Um, but that was my first real experience of receiving it.
0: Hmm. Nice. And then, so as we wrap up with the show, last kind of question really is like, if you are, we'll go with business owner, person, PT coach or yeah, we've we'll got business owner. What advice would you give to someone who's struggling right now? If They're out there now and they've like been hit by the pandemic and like, what do I do? I'm still struggling with this all. What advice would you give them? Cause I like to get yeah. people's insights, especially around this unique time we're in. <laughs> It's not going to happen again. Uh, Advice
1: would be get out and go and find a job somewhere. There's new jobs online. Or reinvent yourself. Just don't hang on to the old. So reinvent yourself. Just um, let go of what you think is right and start thinking not um, what's right or wrong, but what do you need to do to be able to position yourself, given the changes in the world, in a way that you can sell something that people need and want um, in a way that's manageable, given the situation in the world. So reinvent yourself or get out and just look for a job. Yeah, just like don't that. hang on to the past.
0: Practical, <laughs> that's simple, I like that. Thanks Darren, you're an amazing guy. You're welcome. Now, how would you look to grow and scale your coaching business? If you're not earning enough right now, you're probably not charging enough and you're definitely leaving money on the table. In fact, without an irresistible offer, it's simply not possible to charge what you're worth. These are the exact same strategies I use with my private clients. If you'd like to learn a little bit more how you can create your own resistible offer, then I've got a free five-part mini course which breaks down each of these key elements. In this training, you'll learn lesson one, the big secret from going to charging hundreds to thousands so you can finally charge what you're worth. Lesson two is, the biggest five common mistakes when it comes to building an offer and how you can avoid them. Lesson three how to price your offer and hit 10K a month in sales and transform lives at the same time. Number four, how you can give your offer an irresistible sign and name so you're not just seen as another coach. Number five, the nine key steps to validating your offer so you can launch your offer knowing your dream client will buy it. So if you want to learn about this training, head over to www.afroduritu.co.uk. That's A-F-R-O-N-D-I-R-I-T-U.co.uk for the latest training. Let me say it again because it's a tough name to spell, I know. www.afro-n-d-i-r-i-t-u.co.uk or head over to the show notes and click the link there. And I'll catch you guys in that training session.